Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. social media, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters and by Ivy Covered Walls. Tonight, we'll read the third part to The Secret Garden, a novel by Frances Hodgson Burnett, first published in 1911. Set in England, it is now one of Burnett's most popular novels and seen as a classic of English children's literature. If you'd like to start from the beginning, the first episode aired March 9th, 2020. The most recent episode, part two, aired April 29th, 2020. In the last episode, Mary and Mrs. Medlock take the train to Misselthwaite Manor. Mary sees the moor for the first time It reminds her of the sea because of the sound of wind rushing across it. In the manor, she only speaks to her uncle Mr. Craven's servants because Mr. Craven doesn't care to see her. She meets a young maid named Martha when she wakes up. Martha speaks in a Yorkshire dialect Mary has trouble understanding. This is where we will pick back up. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few 
deep breaths. Out of a deep window, Mary could see a great climbing stretch of land which seemed to have no trees on it and to look rather like an endless, dull, purplish sea. What is that? she said, pointing out of the window. Martha, the young housemaid, who had just risen to her feet, looked and pointed also. That there? she said. Yes, that's the moor, with a good-natured grin. Does thou like it? No, answered Mary. I hate it. That's because thou art not used to it, Martha said, going back to her hearth. Thou thinks it's too big and too bare now, but thou will like it. Do you? inquired Mary. Aye, that I do, answered Martha, cheerfully polishing away at the grate. I just love it. It's none bare. It's covered with growing things and smells sweet. It's fair lovely in spring and summer when the gorse and broom and heathers and flower. It smells a honey and there's such a lot of fresh air. And the sky looks like it's high up and bees and larks make such a nice noise, humming and singing. Ugh, oh, I wouldn't live away from the moor for anything. Mary listened to her with a grave, puzzled expression. The native servants she had been used to in India were not in the least like this. They were obsequious and servile and did not presume to talk to their masters as if they were equals. They made salams and called them protector of the poor and names of that sort. Indian servants were commanded to do things, not asked. It was not the custom to say, please and thank you, and Mary had always slapped her ayah in the face when she was angry. She wondered a little what this girl would do if one slapped her in the face. She was a round, rosy, good-natured looking creature, but she had a sturdy way which made Mistress Mary wonder if she might not even slap back if the person who slapped her was only a little girl. You are a strange servant, she said from her pillows, rather haughtily. Martha sat up on her heels with her blacking brush in her hand and laughed without seeming the least.